Welcome to A Court of Swish and Flick, A Court of Thorns and Roses podcast. To the people who look at the stars and wish, we welcome you to the 19th episode of A Court of Swish and Flick. This episode is sponsored by Matilda Klein. Thanks, Matilda. Thank you, Matilda. Thank you. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. And today we're going to be discussing chapter 18 of A Court of Thorns and Roses. So make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends, because if you like us, then they might too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Court of Swish and Flick and Twitter at ACOSAF. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash A Court of Swish and Flick. Supporting our podcast keeps us going, and it gives you access to our exclusive Facebook group, Discord channel, as well as live recordings once a month. And also, um, we have added close friends on Instagram for our high fay patrons. Our episodes will come out early as well for patrons posted to Patreon the weekend before. Thank you all so much for your support. Uh, send any questions, concerns, etc. to our email, which is a court of swish and flick at gmail.com. Oh, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, for the close friends things, I was thinking today, because I try to, like, do something at least, like, once a week of, Mm -hmm. like, chatting or doing whatever. Um, I think if I was literally just not complaining, but um, talking about the fact that there's a lot of small businesses that make really, really cute shit. Um, And then I see that cute shit, and I think I need to have that cute shit. Um, which is great for them, not great for my budget and my bank account. But I think what I'm going to start doing is when I get stuff that I'll like show it on close friends first and then post about it. So like, I I think I'm going to start doing like, they always get the stuff first, I think. Um, cause I showed them, I got a really cool copy of silver flames. Um, cause if you don't know by now, I don't know where you've been that I'm obsessed with that book. (laughs) So they got to see, uh, I think it yesterday's when it came. I don't remember my days anymore. But anywhoosies, join close friends, come chat with me, and be my and be my close friend. Um, so last episode we left off with the sentence. I went to the window at the top of the stairs, watching as Tamlin carried the fairy through the moonlit garden and into the rolling fields beyond. He never once glanced back. So sad. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. This is such a turning point, I think, like in the book with. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The next like this chapter and like I think the next two because she finally gets more more information, you know. She starts to, I think, trust a little more. Yeah. A little. She like gets to. It, like learn to live in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean, which is strange because like she's technically like technically captive <laughs> not really but kind of i mean she 100 percent um, is captive yeah absolutely but she's coming into the idea of like <laughs> stockholm being... syndrome what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well man. you know it is a re uh what is it called retelling yeah retelling of beauty and the beast i don't um, know the more i think about it i'm like i i guess it like sarah j mass has said that it is um I just think that that storyline is coming. He seems more beast-like in, like, Silver Flames than anything else. And yeah. I think 
that we might get a little, maybe a little novella. I don't know. I'd like to get a little, I know that I'm probably in the minority of like, I don't hate him. Cause I think that's a really strong word. And what he did was disgusting, but it's better than what like Ianthe does or Amarantha or even For sure. the King of Highburn who like, who, what's his first name? Um, not saying it, anything, like not giving him chops or anything, but I would like to see a redemption arc there. I think he could be redeemed if he just, you know, essentially went to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, so the next day, sorry, I forgot that I was first because I'm not usually um, <laughs> the next day the blood from the fairy had been cleaned up by the time Farah was like up and at him um, she didn't come out until around noon and she had decided that she wanted to find Tamlin and explain how sorry she was about An- Andres and is that how you say Andres that's how I think I say it yeah um, Andres <laughs> Andras, is that what you just said? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not how I said um, it. <laughs> she wanted to repair what she'd ruined. Like, I think that seeing what had happened the night before just made her. I, I, I kind of feel like it made her realize that, like, fairies are just like humans in the sense of, like, humanity. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, seeing a fairy go through something like that was like maybe a lot more painful than she thought that it would have been for her to see. Uh, because like at the end of the day, like they are people just as much as she is a person. Um, and I feel like that, like we said before, like was a turning point for her. Um, I think for both of them too, like having, <clears throat> having that sense, like I said in the last episode of her helping to take care of, um, someone that like I truly don't think that she ever hated fairies I think that she was told that she hated fairies and she believed Mm -hmm. it um and like there's absolutely like because you meet in the next chapter you meet the adder or however you say that creature's name um and like that's they even said like that's the creature that like you learn about like that's the one that's like nightmare fuel and like they're gonna come in your house and like snatch you out of bed and eat you kind of a thing where yeah. majority of them they get a bad rap because of those those other fairies where with the humans and like the the mortal people but i think for both of them it was like seeing each other in such a traumatic scene is seeing them in a whole different light of who they really could be and are kind of a thing yeah for sure i agree with that um so she looks out the window and again talks about how she wants to paint what she sees. And I, I want to say that it's just like the colors of the sky or something like that. Um, and Tamlin and Lucian emerge from a part of the mansion, I suppose, um, and fell silent as she comes down the stairs towards them. And Lucian just goes out the front door without really saying anything. Um, and Farah does mention in her head, like, this isn't it's clearly to her not a vicious gesture by him to just like ignore her. He just very clearly had no intention of joining in on Farah and Tamlin's conversation that they were about to have. Um, a little privacy. Yeah. 
she could see both of their horses outside already saddled and Lucian was climbing onto a third horse. So like clearly they have plans about what's going to go down today already. I think he um, also feels guilty because he's going to have that conversation with her later on in this chapter about like, yo, don't they have that conversation or do they already have that conversation? No, I don't remember. Yeah, no, they have the conversation at the end. Yes, it's yes. I'm like, at the oh. end of this chapter, they have the conversation where he's like, I hesitated, um, right? Oh, and like, yeah, here's, yeah. I thought you were yes. talking about Tamlin for some no, no, reason. No, no, no. Sorry. Here's, yes. Yeah, here's yeah. My so did knife. I. I was like, what conversation I know. with Tamlin? And, uh, Bejeweled knife. Got it, got it. <laughs> my bedazzled. <laughs> uh, and she asks where they're going, and Tamlin seems rambly. Like, <laughs> he just Noibus. goes, your, su- your supplies won't arrive until tomorrow, and the gallery's being cleaned, and my meeting was postponed. Was he rambling? I thought we'd go for a ride. No killing involved, or Naga, to worry about. Uh, and after this, Feyre wonders where they had buried the fairy from the night before, and she just asks where to, and Tamlin just smiles at her. They're flirting a little bit, guys. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so they sit atop a grassy knoll which is just a hill i just wanted to confirm that that's what it what it is um and they overlook a glade of oaks so wide and high they could have seen the pillars and they could have been the pillars and spires of an ancient castle i just love the imagery like Mm -hmm. anyway and a glade is an open space in a forest to clarify for anybody who didn't know i thought it was like a really nice scent that you sprayed in a room when i googled glade that is the first thing that came up and i was like no that's not what i mean (laughs) um shimmering tufts of dandelion fluff drifted by aka my nightmare because i'd be so sneezy so would cassian that's why he hates being there he gets right accurate (laughs) itchy um and again i just love this imagery it says the clearing was carpeted in swaying crocuses and snowdrops and bluebells. And like I can envision that and it's just beautiful. It feels like like that very soft kind of grass you can lay in. Mm. It's like mm-hmm. very rare. Like, like the perfect fleshy. kind. Yeah. Yeah. Do Not you down of here. This kind of grass. Megan. It sounds it sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why? It's <laughs> wild. So yes. <laughs> See like wild grass. Yeah, if it's not, meant to be there, then that's planted fine. grass. Correct. Understood. Um, Tamlin offers a blanket that they brought, and Farah is like, dude, are you nuts? This grass is amazing. So she just like shakes her head and is, stays in the grass, and he joins her. This um, grass is fire, I don't yo. know why that makes me laugh. She stays in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> well, she like says something along the lines in her head, at least. She's like, I wouldn't want to waste like enjoying this by going and sitting on a blanket. Like, mm. I want to like enjoy sitting in this grass. <laughs> but I totally know what she means. Like that type of grass, especially since moving to Florida, the grass down here is literal garbage. It's like that gross thick itchy like you don't want to sit in it there's sand all over it type of grass but like how's there sand all over and you don't have a beach anywhere near you i literally don't know it's uh, it's in the dirt i don't get it it's everywhere i hate taking phil out because he gets sand all over his paws Mm -hmm. (sighs) anyway (laughs) 
so I, I can appreciate a good, comfy-looking grassy field mm-hmm. that's wild and meant to be there. I like that. I dig it. Um, well, you don't want to dig it. Then it won't be there. Oh, boy. So Tamlin sits beside her and Farah asks, what is this place? And he says, just a glen. And Lucian snorts. And then Tamlin asks, do you like it? And she, like, forgets the question because she just gets, like, lost in the moment. <laughs> and I copy-pasted this from the book. It says, the green of his eyes, this this guy's flirtatious thinking. Okay, I'm just saying this. is It's starting. The green of his eyes matched the grass between my fingers, and the amber flecks were like the shafts of sunlight that streamed through the trees. Even his mask, odd and foreign, seemed to fit into the glen, as if this place had been fashioned for him alone. I could picture him here in his beast form, curled up in the grass, dozing. Cute. And then she's like, wait, what was the question? And he's like, do you like it? And she just goes, yes. And he laughs and says, that's it? Just yes? Um, And then this is just kind of like flirty talking back and forth, I feel like. She goes, would you like me to grovel with gratitude for bringing me here, high lord? And he says, ah, the surreal told you nothing important, did it? That smile of his sparked something bold in my chest. He also said that you like being brushed. And if I'm a clever girl, I might train you with treats. (laughs) (laughs) I actually really like that. (laughs) Lucian thought it was funny. I know. Um, Tamlin tipped his head to the sky and roared with laughter. Despite myself, I let out a soft laugh. I might die of surprise, Lucian said behind me. You made a joke, Feyre. It's that grass, man. I like this banter. (laughs) It does something to you. (laughs) um i like this banter though it's Mm -hmm. like they're finally again like there's some little bit of trust or comfort that is coming out where like they can start to actually maybe be themselves a little bit around each other yeah the very beginnings but like it's there you know it's like they finally like whatever wall they built up it's just starting to crumble yeah so Farah says that Lucian doesn't want to know what the surreal had to say about him, and Tamlin says that he would pay good money to hear it. And then Tamlin ushers Farah up, like, to stand up, and then they go down the hill. And this is another copy-paste from the book. It says, each of Tamlin's movements... Movements? (laughs) Each of Tamlin's movements was precise and efficient. His powerfully muscled legs eating up the earth as we wove between the towering trees, hopped over tiny brooks, and clambered up steep knolls. We stopped atop a mound, and my hands slackened at my sides. There, in a clearing surrounded by towering trees, lay a sparkling silver pool. Even from a distance, I could tell that it wasn't water, but something more rare and infinitely more precious. Um, So I just went on to, like, the the Akatar Wikia. And it says, um, on this occasion, Tamlin takes Feyre to this pool to show her the water as it is made up of starlight. Then he offers her to swim in it and Feyre initially refuses, but then agrees to do so. And according to a legend, if someone drinks the water of this pool, they will live happily until their last breath. And I do believe that this is the only time that we see the pool of starlight but i kind of wonder if this is yeah so far at least um some like like, what is the word i'm looking for 
Uh... <laughs> wow. Like, oh my god. Are you trying to compare it to um, her boo? To Valeris. <laughs> yeah, like the stars, you know? It's like, again, a connection with uh, stars. I was going to say this should be Foreshadowing Lily. Yes, thank you. Right? I believe that this <laughs> is a form of foreshadowing to the night court, possibly. This should just live in Valeris, though. It should. Um, I want to say there's something that I read in like these other these first two chapters. Oh no, they, I lied because she talks about Reese being the most beautiful male she ever sees. This is like in the next like next month's episode, and that's the, also the same thing she says the first time she ever sees. Like, I, uh, it might not even be Valeris. It might be like the first time she goes with Reese to his home. So like the whatever his house above the court of nightmares that's like not on the other side of the mountain. She's like it's the most beautiful place you'd ever seen. I'm like interesting because you said that about him too. Hmm. Fun facts. Hmm. Fun facts. Um. So yeah, that took way too long to get there, but I meant foreshadowing. Cool. Um, so <laughs> Tamlin tugs her down the hill by the wrist to get close to the water's edge. And she makes note here of how easy it is for him to like leap over a root in the tree. And she has to grind her teeth as she stumbles after him. Um, so it's just like the comparison of like mortal to immortal and fey to human, um, which I thought was interesting. I like him like grabbing her by the wrist and tugging her down that like when like, like cute and playful right when two characters in a book like even start just holding hands even if it's not in a romantic way or anything there is like an intimacy to it that's yeah. just like how it is that's how it always starts you know mm-hmm. yeah it's playful it's I wanna cute hold your hand. i want to tug you down the hill. who sings that the beatles. the beatles keep it that way oh my god <laughs> sarah <laughs> <laughs> Once I answered, Literally, I was like, "Gosh!" Oh, the second I started saying it, I was like, "I don't know why I fell for that." I really like speaking of that song. Um, in Across the Universe, this woman sings it in the movie. She has a beautiful voice. If it's actually her singing, any. You know what? I think I saw like half that movie. I don't know why I never finished watching it, but I haven't. I don't it. think I've ever seen it. I enjoyed it. Not that I don't like want to see it. I don't know why I haven't, but. Sarah, you should clearly, I mean, clearly you haven't seen it because you don't know who the Beatles are. <laughs> I will <laughs> tell you, though, this is an atrocity, I'm sure, to a lot of people. Um, a lot of those songs, the first time hearing them was not the Beatles singing them. So I'm not a real big let me listen to the Beatles fan. I mean, Meg thought that uh, the original artist of Baby Let Me Drive Your Car was Elmo. So <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Also, um, <laughs> Jess said it is. She is singing it to another woman. Nice. She wants to hold her hand. Nice. I'm all Love about that. a good gay scene. Love that gay journey. All right. <laughs> Happy <Pool>. Pride. <laughs> <laughs> pool of starlight. So Tamlin crouches down by the pool. He kind of like cups some in his hand, and he tells Farah like, "Come take a look," and he lets it fall, and she describes it as like this. The silvery sparkling stuff, whatever it is, um, she don't think she knows yet. Stuff sets ripples dancing across the pool, glimmering in all different colors. I like when this gets 
actually like created into a television series like it's supposed to. Well, mm-hmm. it's not been picked up, I guess. Did you guys see that? No. Um, no. That like Hulu allegedly like Ron Moore, he's like, it's wrong on IMDb, which is like the internet movie database. Right. He's not directing it as of yet, I guess, but he and um, Sarah have like been co-writing it or something or like talk, like did whatever. And like, it's not officially been picked up from Hulu, but Hulu really likes it. It's hmm. from my hmm. understanding. Hmm. Um, Come on, Hulu. I wow, need it personally made. And I just, you know, you could skip the whole prologue, which is really book one and get to the good <laughs> stuff. Cause I need Cassian and Azrael in my life. Just make no explanation. It'll be like last season's <laughs> recap, but it never actually happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. And that's what you missed on Akatar. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. Anyway, I'll be excited to see the pool of starlight, like visually, is what I was going to say. Right. It'll be like a sparkly vampire in liquid form. Nothing? Not gonna lie, okay. this Glenn gives me serious Forks vibes. Yeah, you didn't know this was also a Twilight retelling, <laughs> <laughs> which came uh, out first. So Feyre, what? Which came out first? I'm sure Twilight did. I think this came out in like the 2010s. I thought you meant Beauty and the Beast <laughs> or Twilight, and I was like Sarah. <laughs> Mia, you're right. That is Fifty Shades of Grey. Correcto. Um, so Farah says that, and she sounds like she can't believe it. Like that looks like starlight. And Tamlin laughs a little bit and says, it is starlight. And mm. Farah's like, that's impossible. And Tamlin reminds her, this is Prithian. And according to your own human legends, nothing is impossible. So Farah just asks how, and I really like what Tamlin says. He says, I don't know. I never asked and no one ever explained. It's kind of just like appreciating the earth for what it is, you know, like, it, it just is what it is and I just accept it but like and don't you beautiful. think it's weird that like this pool of starlight is in the spring court and not like yes. the night yeah. court yeah it is weird maybe they stole it what if they did steal it I mean I there some people like draw correlations between starfall and the pool um mm. I, I what does it say? Ooh. Like, if you drink it, something happens. Um, uh, you'll on, be I happy. Can I, I get a, a glass? It says they that you will live happily until your last breath. Um, so, like, maybe this is just, like, part of... Um, like, they talk about in the Great Rite on Calamine Lotion Night, which I know it's not called that. What is it? Calamine May? Where um, <laughs> they are like getting uh, magic from like the earth and like redoing mm-hmm. things, whatever. Like, I wonder if it's a kind of something like that, um, where it's like just the magic from the earth, like coming up, like in a liquid form. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really like Mia said, What if it's a gift from Reese? I mm-hmm. think that's really cool, but like, I also think we would have, like, he would have said something about it, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but if Tamlin doesn't know, maybe it's like just a far back gift from um, Reese's family. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Could be cool. 
Um, what I think is weird is Tamlin just starts unbuttoning his shirt. He's like, yeah, let's jump in. Well, are you going to jump in fully clothed? To starlight? To, I don't it's know what like that's going to do to like my body. It's like a pool of water. It's like, <laughs> I know. It's going, I know. It's going to get you wet. Do you want to be fully clothed for that? Probably not. Yeah. He also has an invitation dancing in his eyes. <laughs> I didn't know invitations could dance in eyes. They can if you're Tamlin. <laughs> they can if you're a fairy. Brilliant. <laughs> Anything's that can happen. Anything's possible. Uh, cue some panic for Feyre because she's just thinking a swim, unclothed, alone, with a high lord. Um, so she shakes her head and she's she pauses, or he pauses at the second button on his collar. And he's like, don't you want to know what it's like? And she thinks, does he mean swimming in starlight or swimming with him? <laughs> so she stammers out like a no. And so he it's stops. It's a little awkward. It is. But I do appreciate that he stopped because she didn't want to at this point in time. Good on Tamlin. Um, so instead, she kind of like changes course and is like, why here? And she also has to tear her eyes from his chest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh really hard. <laughs> <laughs> because now we're getting into these parts that we get to read and it's going to be real interesting. Um, so he says this was his favorite haunt as a boy. And Feyre asks when that was. And it was a very long time ago. And we're reminded that he was a child during the war, which was a very long time ago. Um, and Feyre decides to ask about Lucian. If he's okay after last night, because he didn't seem to handle it very well. And Tamlin says, Lucian has endured things that make things like last night difficult. It's not just his scar in his eye, but he's sure that it brought back memories about that, too. So here we get a lot of Lucian background, which is cool, because I, I like him. it's interesting that, like, Tamlin is just dropping all this info to her. That's true, man. Without, like, Lucian being there. Right? He's just like, mm, yeah, here's all this uh, tea. Yeah, Think that's a Suriel's job. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Lucian is the youngest son of the High Lord of the Autumn Court. Ha! No. Uh, he's the... <laughs> Psych. He's the youngest of seven. He uh, Tamlin says the Autumn Court is beautiful but cutthroat. His brothers only see each other as competition. Um Basically, it's the strongest that inherits the High Lord title, not the eldest, and that's how it is in every court. Um, Lucian never cared about this title at all, so he spent his youth doing things that a High Lord's son probably shouldn't. He wandered the courts, he made friends, um, and Tamlin says he was with females who were a far cry from the nobility of the Autumn Court, so people his father would not approve of. Yes, Sarah? Um I wonder, because later on, I was reading about this with the next chapter, and then reading about it with, um, when Feyre finds out that, like, Reese and Tamlin, like, were the reason why each other's families were killed, because they killed each other's families, um, how they knew Tamlin had the, like, he had the power, he was going to be the next High Lord when his father died, like, they knew that, um, so, like, I wonder if they were, like, he doesn't... I wonder if they, like, felt like they weren't intimidated because, like, they knew he would never be their high lord in the Autumn Court. Because um, he's not... An, he would... If any, if he was going to get anyone's power, it's going to be Helian's. So, like... Yeah. I wonder if they just didn't think... I personally think Eris knows. Um, that's not confirmed or anything. 
but I wonder if he, if they were like, you don't ha- like, if they could tell that he wasn't going to be like the high Lord of the autumn court. Cause like the way it said, is that like they knew that Tamlin had the power, like he was going to be, but I'm like, did y'all ignore it? Because like y'all act like he was just fighting and he even talks about it being a rough transition and like whatever else. Yeah. Um, even though he had the power, he had the power. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. I would, it would be cool to learn like some more background on like seeing almost a changing of the guard in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, well, with them, it was just like they literally killed each other's fathers and then they felt like the um, title like pass over to them. And Reese is like, and then I ran away. <laughs> Peace. I want this responsibility. Yeah. It well, he ran cool away from like Tamlin. Like, I wonder if we'll see oh. that with Eris, possibly. You know what I mean? I gonna... hope to God it comes out to be, like, Eris is going to have, like, a big old, like, almost villainy monologue and then chop his dad's head off. I think that'd be fucking fantastic. Like, I'm here for you're it. You're a fucking dick. These are all the shit. Yada, da, da, da. By the way, he's not your kid, and I know it. And you're the worst. <laughs> And I'm going to separate your head <laughs> like, from your shoulders because it doesn't deserve to be there. Bye. <laughs> you don't deserve to have a head. No. He's the I'm worst. here for that. That better happen. It would just be cool to see. Yeah. 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 I hope he gets a whole thing. I'd love to see. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time someone's beheaded in these, these books. So this is true. true. Uh, so here's a little bit of uh sad turn in the Lucian story. He uh, fell in love with a fairy who his father, of course, thought was not inappropriate for someone of his bloodline, even though not appropriate. it's not his bloodline. What did I say? Inappropriate. Not inappropriate, but was inappropriate in his eyes. Oh, yes. Um, of course, Lucian you. didn't care that she wasn't high fae. He was certain that the mating bond was going to snap into place soon. He was going to marry her. He's going to leave his father's court. Um, But before any of that could happen, his father had her executed in front of Lucian while his two Mm. oldest brothers held him and made him watch. Lovely. Well, I feel like Eris also says something about, like, he tried to... Because I think sometimes in situations like that where um, it's a very... Sense like it's a very like uh, high tension, high stakes situation. Like he did try his best to like, I can't stop this, but I'm gonna try to make it as best as I can. Like I think because he was like worried his brother was like gonna go after him or something. I don't I don't remember what book that was in, but I remember him talking about it and being like, he tried as much as he could, but I don't think he was able to do much. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously, if I was Lucian, I would also leave. He abandoned his title. He abandoned the Autumn Court. And then without his title protecting him, his brothers went to eliminate one more contender to the crown. Not that he even wanted it. Um, Lucian killed one of them and Tamlin killed another. So only one returned. And Tamlin says, like, I was High Lord at this point and I could do what I wanted if someone trespassed on my land and was threatening peace. Um, which I think he may have used as an excuse to do it, but like also they were friends. So, um, and then Tamlin claimed Lucian as his own, named him emissary, 
It makes sense because he had already made friends across all the courts and had always been good at talking to people. And he's been in the spring court ever since. Um, and Feyre asked a good question. If like he's emissary, does he still have to deal with his father and his brothers? And unfortunately, the answer is yes. And his dad has still never apologized. Um, and Tamlin says, but his brothers are too afraid of me to risk harming Lucian. I do appreciate that Feyre points out like that doesn't sound like he's being cocky at all. Like he's just speaking the truth. Yeah. Um, but he says, but he has never forgotten what they did to her or what his brothers tried to do to him, even if he pretends that he has. There's just like so much more depth to Lucian than you think there is right off the bat. And yeah. I like that about him for a lot. Sure. I mean, I remember reading this book for the first time and like I was more intrigued by Lucian than Tamlin. Yeah. Yeah, because he's better than him. like i still liked tamlin reading this the first time but like i was like i don't know man there's something about lucian like i'm really uh like i wouldn't be like initially i was like i wouldn't be sad if like pharah somehow ended up with lucian yeah i remember that but you know then reese came along and i was like "Mm, fuck you screw everyone else (laughs) i (laughs) reese Yeah, I I'm yeah. interested to see like how his storyline is going to go, because I think I think with the next book, like um, regardless, I think if it's going to be like an Azrael point of view or like Elaine, like they're going to have to be in each other's storylines. But like if it's Elaine, like I was trying to think about this, because like if it's Elaine and like say she does end up with Lucian, and I'm not saying she has to, because then there's people like she doesn't want it. This is true. She she might very well not. Um, it might be a true, I don't know, enemies to lovers thing. And then there's people that saying like the mating thing's not even real. Whatever else, I, I it's just it'll be interesting to see how it's all how it all will play out. Because like if if she does an Elaine book then I almost feel like we automatically know who, like, and say she ends up with Lucian. Let's just say, like, and really it's not so much a love triangle because someone just pointed out on the internet, they're like, a love triangle, like, to make a triangle, all three parties have to be, like, in like with each other. I Um, just saw that. And that's not true in this case. (laughs) But... If it was an Elaine point of view, you get like the storyline. Obviously, she's gonna pick between them, and then like you're gonna know. So like, I it makes sense in my head that it's gonna have to be an Asriel book. I think because like I think that storyline is not that it's more interesting, but like as of right now, you you have like it the fans the that are like it's either gonna he's either gonna be with Gwen or he's gonna be with um, Elaine. And truly, I think it's gonna be one of the two of those. Like it's not gonna be some random other person right um i think maybe um it's gonna turn into if it's his book then we find out who he's gonna end up with i think it might be gwen personally and then it could be elaine's book and she might not even end up with lucian she might be alone i'd hate the theory of her being evil i really do because i don't want her sisters to be hurt and, like, that's truly it. Like, it is a very interesting storyline, but, like, my heart will hurt for them. Like, yeah. in the same sense of, like, why my heart hurts for Bryce kind of a thing. Um, and I truly won't be able to handle it well. But I think that'll be more interesting because, like, how would it work out if it was Elaine? Like, then you know. Because, like, it's almost like if you're reading the Elaine book, 
if she ends up with Ezreal, whatever, that's fine. Well, I love it. Probably I will enjoy the book, but I will still be sad because I want him and Gwen to be together. But say like they end up together, like that's it and whatever. But if she has a pollution, then you automatically know Azrael is going to be with Gwen. Gwen. But I don't think that's yeah. necessarily the case. If we get an Azrael book and he ends up with Gwen, we don't know what could happen with Elaine. Like the world True. is her oyster. The her the world is her rose. Cauldron. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Cauldron to me is more Nesta. True. <clears throat> yeah. But I don't know. Things that have nothing to do with really what we're talking about. But I would love to see more Lucian. I'd love to see more of Eris. Because um, I think that he is in a very similar situation that Reese has been in, where like he gets a very bad rap and like people... He's just doing the best that he can in a very crappy... like Almost like he's Reese before Reese became High Lord kind of a thing, you know? Um, so, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Dee-lee-lee-lee. I don't know. I just, like, need these books to be out, so I just know what's going to happen. And then I'm, like, happy as a clam. Are clams really happy? I don't know. Do they even have feelings? Someone answer that for me. <laughs> Katie, you can go back happy and... Happy as a clam. <laughs> talk about whatever we were talking about. I don't even remember. I like what Mia said about mating bonds. She said, I wonder if like if the mating bond functioning the way we've seen it depends on a person being completely aware of themselves, including titles and such. So like Lucian's mating bond won't function properly until he's aware of his lineage or Elaine's won't until she truly accepts that she's Fae. It's interesting. Well, but like if you think one, I was so, okay, I'm rereading Silver Flames. I know I bring them up <laughs> literally every episode, but it's interesting to me that... They basically like so with Feyre and Reese, we see them. Serial's like, sweet child, like that's your boo thing, that's your mate, right? Then she's like, bro, and he's like, mm, sorry, I knew about it for months and didn't tell you. And he does the same thing with her child, but whatever. So then she goes off to that mountain cabin thing, and then he sees her, tells her his whole story. She gives him soup. Then they consummate their relationship, and the mating bond is sealed. And they have, like, that whole moment of, like, whatever threads or whatever. I don't remember how it's described, but, like, it's described as, like, them coming together and, like, maybe, like, night air. I don't remember, right? So it's, like, something, something like, was happening around them when they, like, had sex, right? So I just got to the part where, like, while um, Nesta and Cassian's relationship is slightly different, where they... We're like sleeping together, but like she wouldn't like they wouldn't really commit to each other kind of a thing, but they weren't like also committed. And then the night of like the solstice ball. No, no, no. It was night of solstice. So like winter solstice, he gives her the gift and she's like, I don't deserve you. You're too good of a person. I'm fucking terrible. I deserve someone who like Eris because he is also terrible. Um, and whatever. And then he was like, ah, uh, like there's going to be no one else. And she's like, no. And so essentially they're like, we're going to now be exclusive, but neither one says like the M word. Right. And then they have sex and there's like a whole thread of light and like this golden the thread M-word. between them. And her thing is like music. Right. So like 
I'm telling you, there's a lot of correlations between their relationship. And I'm just realizing this part now because like when they come together, them being favorite and Reese, she's painting and covered in paint. And then like they do what they do. And then he's also covered in paint. And now like her whole thing is like, she's obsessed with music. And like, that's a very big part of like who she is. And she loves music and all of these things. Um, and so like her thing revolves around the little music box and he like recorded all this music for her and went to all this time and effort. It's such a fucking sweet gift. And then her whole thing is like, that's her. They're like not making music together, but essentially. Right. So like they sealed like that mating bond because they did the exact same thing that recent favorite did and she didn't give him any food. So like, I wonder if it functions for different people. Cause like she won't even acknowledge it. She doesn't even say until like, uh, after she does the blood, right. And, um, is fighting. And she's like, I know how to fight. Cause my mate taught me basically like my mate knew. Sure. And like before that she refused to say it, but like they both knew what it was and like that whole thing. So like, I don't know. It's just interesting. You know, also they're supposed mm-hmm. to be super rare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I know Tiffany, Tiffany's like, well, they're all made. And she goes, it's a different situation. And I said this on Instagram that I think that like silver flames, while a lot of people didn't like the book and they were like, there's not a lot of plot. And then, um, in silver flames. Correct. And I think that the plot really is like, and, and, um, I forget what her name is, but there was a books or is a books grammar. For her, she was like, the plot for me, she goes, is Nesta's mental health journey. And I completely agree. Um, And I think, to be honest, I think this is going to be like just... Because there really wasn't a lot of like existential plot of like, what are the queens doing? And like, Brielin or whatever her name is really didn't do a whole ton of a lot, I don't think. I think this is really like a stepping stone book to like the major, big, huge war to end all wars kind of a thing. Um, I also don't know where else I'm going with my whole rant. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It's just, it's so interesting to me to like pick up the bits and pieces that were like, well, I'm like, this isn't actually like how it, she said it's done, but like, whatever. I don't know. We shall see. Katie, do you remember where you went? <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, we just found out a bunch of stuff about Lucian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Feyre's thinking to herself, it doesn't excuse everything that he has said or done to her, meaning Lucian, but she understands him better now. Um, she understands that he put a wall up around himself and she feels like an ache in her chest and feels bad for him. So she has to change the topic. And she says, what would happen if I were to drink the water? which isn't water, it's starlight, you dummy. And Tamlin relaxes a bit, and see, it seems like it's nice that he got to get all of that off his chest, even though it wasn't his to tell, but whatever. Um, and as we talked about, he says, legend claims you'd be happy until your last breath. Perhaps we both need a glass. And she it's says, I don't think... so sad. <laughs> yeah, right? I she don't says, laugh I don't... because like, it's funny. I laugh because it's like... I understand. And, you know, if you don't laugh, you cry. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, She says, I don't think that entire pool would be enough for me. And that makes Tamlin laugh. 
and wow. he's impressed wow. that she made two jokes in one day. Dude. A miracle sent from the cauldron. That's a dark joke. It is a joke. Yeah, that is. I would. I don't know if I would have laughed at it. <laughs> See, but like, you this know? is why I'm fucked up because I laugh and be like, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> like, I get it. Well, that that's different. He was just like, "Oh, you're making a joke." <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so he gets a little flirty and comes a little closer and asks, "What would be enough?" To make her happy. Of course, she blushes and says she doesn't know. Again, like, she's never given this any thought. She's only thought of getting her sisters married off, having enough food for her and her dad, and just time to learn how to paint. That's, like, as far as her wants have ever gone. Um, So he starts to tease her a little bit, and he suggests, like, how about the ring of bluebells, a ribbon of sunshine, a garland of moonlight? And Feyre thinks, High Lord of Prithian, more like High Lord of Foolery. (laughs) And he and he knew that she would say no, and like just being alone with him would make him make her squirm a little bit. So she decides she's not going to give him the satisfaction of embarrassing her, and she decided that she had enough of the girl encased in ice and bitterness. She gives him a sweet little smile, pretends like she's not got butterflies in her stomach, and just says, "A swim sounds delightful." Mm-mm. Good for her. This is again, this is a huge turning point, ever since the fairy, you know. Yeah, I I think that um, I think too that this is a really great like real life comparison to like the fact that Tamlin could be compared to somebody in our world who is just like incredibly well off and like he has the luxury of being able to think of these types of things, whereas Feyre's thoughts as somebody who was poor could only go so far, you know, like I like that real life comparison there of like poverty, like she struggled with, with having, um, thoughts beyond like, I just wanted enough food for me and my dad and like for my sisters to be set. Like it was nothing more than that. That's all I could think of. Whereas he is, you know, suggesting all of these other things. And it's like, he has the luxury of being able to think of those things. Yes. Hi, Lord. But now she does, too. Yeah. True. So, Feyre doesn't really let herself think too much um, before she starts just getting naked. She's taking off her clothes. But she leaves her <laughs> underwear on. Because, um, you know, it's basically like bathing suits. Um, all while keeping eye contact with Tamlin. I don't know if I would be able to do that, meaning physically, because I probably would trip myself. Um. <laughs> Any hoosies. He looks at her and then he starts taking his own clothes off. Ooh. Um, all while they're exchanging heated looks. And then I wrote, ooh. <laughs> so she lets her like. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just, I just wanted to say before we like get too further, I really like what Jess said in the chat. She said, this is why reading this at first, I didn't completely see how awful Tamlin was because Feyre and Tamlin are both so emotionally fucked up. Truly. Like, truly. I think a lot of like, his um, things that he does, he, um, like the reason I think he's redeemable is because he had a lot, like, man, like all of these parents are fucked up, right? Like their parents fucked them all yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And they've been living and stewing in all of their trauma. And 
he's not dealt with it. And I, for me, like, that's the reason why, like, if he sat down and he dealt with all of the shit that he has gone through in his entire life, he might be a better person afterwards for like the person he might end up spending the rest of his life with. Um, yeah. And that's why I think like, Ianthe cunt. I mean, Amarantha cunt, the dude of Highburn, the worst, right? Also a cunt. Like they're evil, evil, evil. Right. Um, and like rereading, uh, no, it's not silver flames. It was missed. No, What's the what's Wings the, of Ruin? Yes. I was like, there's so many things that Ianthe does that I'm like, such so manipulative and like yeah. such yeah. a terrible. I'm like, I just can't fucking stand you. And like yesterday or two days ago was the summer solstice, and I almost was like, happy anniversary to Favorite pulling one over on Ianthe being like, You're not it. Like, you're not <laughs> it. Um, you're not it. And <laughs> With Tamlin, there's just so many things. He's so emotionally stunted that, like, if he took the time out to really better himself and, like, work through all of those things, that he might he might be able to change. Like, I think he could, if he put the work in. But yeah, I don't I know. I see that. You know? Yeah. 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 Just Agreed. Woo! Trauma, baby. Trauma, baby, trauma, baby. I'll I was going to say That's so weird. <laughs> so, uh. Favre lets herself look at his body while walking into the pool and compares his muscular body to Isaac's, who's, I'm guessing, the last naked male she ever saw, slash, like, naked torso, um, whose build wasn't as built as Tamlin's, who was honed or who has honed his body for fighting and such. I wonder what that and such is. <laughs> You'll find out soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so quoting from the book, it says the liquid was delightfully warm and I strode into it until it was deep enough to swim out a few strokes and casually tread in place, not water, but something smoother, thicker, not oil, but something purer, thinner. Like being wrapped in warm silk, I was so busy savoring the tug of my fingers through the silvery substance that I didn't notice him until he was treading beside me. So then Tamlin asks her who taught her how to swim. Um, and she says, when I was 12, I watched the village children swimming at a pond and figured it out myself, which is very similar to how she learned how to hunt. Um, and mm-hmm. really just going back to that, she's really only been able to rely on herself. Um, since, you know, a long time we know her mother was very very cold and distant and from how you see her when nesta talks about her seems pretty abusive um father also seems a little absent um but so she taught herself how to swim hunt basically survive right um and then i pulled this from silver flames (laughs) because i thought it was interesting because um it's a quote from Nesta and it says Nesta, not a quote from, but a quote about, about her. It says Nesta focused on her breathing again. She knew how to swim. Her mother had made sure of it. Thanks to a cousin who had drowned in childhood, murdered by fairies. Her mother had claimed, saw her dragged into the river from, this is from silver flames. So let's talk about her mother being a piece of shit because she's going to make <laughs> Nesta make sure she knows how to swim. I don't know. I'm going to guess she made a lane, but we don't know for sure. But like, yeah, 
fuck favor. She doesn't count. It doesn't matter. Like, but also, did you really see her get like dragged into the river? Like the cousin, you know, was she taken by fairies? Or were you just saying that? Any guys, any hoosies. Um, hey guys, this is going back to what we're reading currently, which is thorns and roses. <laughs> it said it had been one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. And I'd swallowed half of the pond in the process, but I'd gotten the gist of it, managed to conquer my blind panic and terror and trust myself. Knowing how to swim had seemed like a vital ability, one that might someday mean the difference between life and death. I'd never, I'd never expected to lead to this though. And I said, this also might be foreshadowing because we do see it's life and death when her and Amran are trying to get the book from Tarquin. Um, Yeah. And all that was scary. uh, I said, you could also see the consequences of, Oh, treating, uh, going back to how Ferris treating the water wraith with Tamlin, like how she treats him with respect in that scene because, because she did that, they helped her survive. <clears throat> also, water safety. Make sure you watch kids when they're around any water or anybody, you know? Water is dangerous, she says. What do this. they say? You only need an inch? Yeah, my mom always said that you can drown on a teaspoon of water, which I don't know if that's necessarily true. But just be careful. I think of that anytime water goes up my nose and like, this is it. Oh my God. <laughs> also, like I'm the type of person, like I almost drowned a couple times as a child because I'm not the strongest swimmer. Um, so just be careful. So Tamlin then asks about how her dad lost his fortune and favor surprised that he knows about that. Um, and he assumed correctly because of her dictation, AKA the way that she like speaks. He was like, huh? Um, so her immediate response is to comment about the snobbery or his snobbery, but she doesn't. She holds back. Um, but she does think that he is a skilled observer. And I was like, but like, is he? Does he observe how depressed she is in Mist and Fury? Or is he just ignoring it and hoping it solves itself? Negative. Because that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So she tells her story to Tamlin about her father being called the Prince of Merchants, which was a title that he inherited from his father and his father's father. But, you know, the title was just a title. It wasn't, um, there wasn't any, like, true anything behind it. And her father was trying to recover their years of debt that they were in. He found an opportunity to get the money back. He put all of their money on three ships, failing, not failing. (laughs) Well... Sailing for um, Barat. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but he didn't take the safer route. There were two routes, I guess. Um, So he had the creditors breathing down his neck, so he really didn't have time. Um, But the ships never made it. They sank. The creditors came with a vengeance and left him and her family with almost nothing. Um, And they had just enough money to get to the cottage that she called, has had called, that she's called home for the last couple of years, she was 11 when all of this happened. Um, and saying like my father, he just tried stopping after that. Um, which is true. And Nesta has a really hard time with that and has a hard time with herself in this situation of how everything plays out. Um, favor also doesn't tell Talon about what they did to her father's leg because mm-hmm. I think she just doesn't want to hear about it. Um, and, um, hold on, my eyeball really itches. So, Can't read. fun fact, I saw this from a Tumblr post. 
because I was like looking this up. It says um, they have a like a screenshot of like this section of the book because he talks about like he they sailed to Barat for spices and cloth, um, and apparently Barat is the actual name of India, and Printhian is a twist on the ancient British word for Britain, which is Britain. I don't know if that's true. But sailing from Britain to India for spices and cloth, it sounds, doesn't, if that doesn't sound familiar, which is what I think used to happen. I don't really fully know, you know? Yeah, Um, I think so. But I was like, that's interesting. And so I also looked it up on like the Thorns and Roses Wikia. And this is all the stuff it says. It says, Barat is a location where mortals reside. It is located across the shores from Perinthian in the mortal lands of the continent. Um, Miss Archeron had planned to travel to Barat, or not Miss, Mr. Her dad. Do we not have a name for him? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Sarah! <laughs> from one Sarah to another. Can we please get first names and last names? Right. Like, we don't know Reese's sister's name, which is weird to me. Anyway. Doesn't Reese not have a last name either? He does not. He has one. Or we just don't know it. Right. It. <laughs> Correct. Like, we know Lucian's. I don't know. It's very strange. So he had planned to travel to Barat for invaluable spices and cloth. Three ships. They sent, sank. Creditors broke his leg. Um, they lost their fortune. Descended into poverty. We also know from um, Thorns and Roses that their mother's cousin died of malaria after going to Barat. So cool. Cool. So Tamlin asks about her hunting because he's like, oh, you were 11. And she's like, no, um, she didn't have to start hunting till she was 14. That's when the money ran out. He also asked what else she um, did to have, like, what did you else she had to figure out herself? Um, and she basically kind of says like, there's something about the pool that was helping her or making her like open up, like feel like she could. So she did. It says after swimming for a few hours, they all headed back to the manor. Feyre has um, kind of like a chance to finally talk to Lucian on the way. So they hang back a little bit from Tamlin. So Lucian questions her and Feyre is thinking about all the stuff that she's learned about him, but she doesn't bring it up. She waits till Tamlin is further away and thanks Lucian for his um, advice with the cereal. And she sits with him that is not what I wrote. I wrote, she hits him with, if you want me dead, you might want to try a little bit harder. Um, and that's the kind of energy we all should have. You know, <laughs> he explains that it's not what he had intended to happen, but it seems that he does feel a little bit bad about it. And he, uh, seems surprised that she is so forgiving or that she's like forgiving him so quickly. Um, and so like, for me, like this is a conversation again, turning point, like, that's like the buzzword for this episode. I know. Um, I think it's true though. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I think like the whole surreal situation and everything that's happened in like turning points, bro. Um, and points, so I want to, they're turning <laughs> which way I'm going to read from <laughs> the book. Once I find out where I want to, it's, Cause he's like, there's, they're like, you can't possibly um, forgive me for that easily for sending you into danger. 
No. And part of me would like nothing more than to wallop you for your lack of warning about the cereal. But I understand I'm a human who killed your friend who now lives in your house and you have to deal with me. I understand. I said again, he was quiet for a long time for long enough that I thought he wouldn't reply. Just as I was about to move ahead, he spoke. Tam told me that your first shot was to save the cereal's life, not your own. It seemed like the right thing to do. The look he gave me was more contemplative. I don't know if I can say that correctly than he'd given any he'd given me before. I know far too many high fae and lesser fairies who would have, wouldn't have seen that, seen it that way or bothered. Um, which I really like. Um, it says, this is this whole like conversation and this is what I write is why I really don't believe that she hates fairies or ever really hated them. I think the animosity that we've seen from her is because she was giving, she was giving the energy. She specifically with, with Tamlin and um, Lucian, because I think that they're the ones also like you hate us, you hate us, you hate us. And then she's like, yeah, because like that's the energy that she's getting basically. So she's giving them back the energy she's getting. Does that make sense? Um, and she's also thinking about her family. And the second that she learns that they're okay, that's when she starts to act differently. And she's used to thinking about other people and not herself. She's constantly treating Faye with respect, no matter who they are. Like she doesn't care. Lesser fairy, higher fairy, whomever. Um, and she's, uh, blah, blah, blah. I lost my turn of thought. Minus of course the absolute asshole ones. Like, obviously if you're going to, but again, I think that goes back to like the energy that she's getting. If she's getting shit energy from you, she's going to give you shit, basically. Yeah, um, totally. And so in his attempt to apologize, Lucian throws her a jeweled hunting knife, um, and he makes the confession that he heard her scream and he hesitated. Not long, but long enough, and he broke his word, so he was gifting it to her, and he hopes that she doesn't bury it in his back. And I said, I think this is a little bit of foreshadowing to how he treats her in Mist and Fury, meaning the hesitating because he hesitates to do anything and how he, he, I also hate that I constantly, so like, I know I bring up Nesta and Cassian silver flames a lot, but I also think that I compare a lot of how Tamlin runs his court. Cause the only other time we've seen anyone run their court is with Reese. Right. And it's yeah. like, not to make it a pun, but night and day difference. Hey, <laughs> accurate. And so I like that, it's how he takes orders also shows a huge difference between how Reese deals with his people being like his inner circle and how Tamlin does, because we very rarely, rarely see Reese give orders to his inner circle because when he does, they don't like them. Um, Like I just read about when both Reese and Feyre give Ezra the order, like you are not going back out to see, like once they figured out that queen, queen, um, Brianna has the, the crown. They're like, you're not going out there. And he's like, like the fuck I am. And they're like, uh, <laughs> no, you're not. And like, they literally like have a fight about it. Um, and I doubt like, so when Reese even like orders things like, okay, so you see later on. Cause I think, <laughs> I think I bring it up. Cause one of the times is when they're in the actual war in wings and ruin. And when when Cassian gets like so fucked up and like gets cut open and his guts are spilling out all over the place that like Azrael had to keep in. But again, favorite can't have a C-section. 
<laughs> he was ordered not to move or not to do whatever. And casting was like, your order was bullshit. And he was like, the reason Reese usually does these orders and actually order something as like, I'm the high Lord kind of a thing is because he's truly worried about their welfare. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Like he literally was like, I don't want to lose you. Like that's worse than anything. You're right. Um, and that's the same with Ezra. Like they wouldn't, they weren't worried about like, they were just worried something would happen to him. Right. Where, um, I think that if you see later on, with Ianthe and like favor pulling the little strings where like he beats the one dude, like the one guard guy. I don't know what they're called. I can't remember. Um, and so like, I think there's real consequences in disobeying Tamlin's orders versus when Reese orders something. Usually if they don't like, obviously Cassie's like your order was bullshit, like doesn't follow it there was no real consequences for it. Cause like the dude almost died. So like that was kind of the consequence. Um, right. And like with Azrael, like they got in a fight about it, but like at the end of the day, like he did what he was told kind of a thing. Um, it's, so it's, it's more of like a conversation between all of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like having, if you want to relate it to real life, it's like having a boss that you want to tiptoe around and mm-hmm. having a boss that you feel like you can go to with problems mm-hmm. yeah, and like sure. be heard. Yes. Like sure. Reese might fight back, fight you back on whatever you're bringing to him, but it will be a conversation yeah. and things will be heard. Yeah. And like, I think too, with, with, um, what's the word I'm looking for with like them being high Lords, like, Reese always knew that he was going to be the high Lord when his dad died, but like really so did Tamlin. Cause I, so I looked back at the section cause I'm going to bring it up the next book. Cause they talk about the next chapter. I think it's the next chapter is when, um, Oh, uh, Tamlin talks about like how a rival court killed his family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and doesn't give any specifics. Well, Reese tells her everything. Um, Cause he says, uh, so Tamlin was younger than me born when the war started. And then he matured. We got to know each other at various court functions. He seemed decent for a high Lord son, better than Baron's brood at the autumn court. His brothers, although Tamlin's brothers were equally as bad worse. And they knew Tamlin would take the title one day. So like, Okay. You knew you were going to be High Lord one day, but instead, because you're like, oh, I have older brothers, you knew, but you didn't prepare yourself. Like, sir. Sir. I don't know. Questions. They were not rivals because he told Tamlin, or Tamlin, hold on. Reese told Tamlin he was going to, where he was going to be, like where his mother and sister were, because he was supposed to meet them and he didn't. He was late. Because they were going to kill Reese, I believe. And so instead, they murdered his sister and his mother in cold blood. Because they're fucking terrible. Hmm. I just want to say one thing. Well, it's a couple things. Uh, Oh my, what a marvelous tune. It was the best night. Never forget how we moved. The whole place was dressed to the nines and we were dancing, dancing like we're made of starlight. Did you have to <laughs> look that Kate. up? Yeah. 
<laughs> I would totally want to. I like that you talked it too, so that Sarah couldn't do her joke again. <laughs> I don't know what my joke was. was. Who sings that? Oh. <laughs> Who wrote those lyrics? <laughs> T Swizzle in the house. Like, what are your thoughts, Peppers, and opinions about this chapter? Um, I love the amount of information that we get. Mm. I think that this is like a big push with Feyre learning obviously more about these two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of think that like a lot of the things that she learns gives her even more reason to eventually feel more comfortable around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reading through again for the first time since like reading these for the first time I was like this whole time I was just like you know how did I ever like because I've always said that this book feels so different from all the other ones and like I was like how did how did they fall in love and like how did that even happen it doesn't feel right and then you get to hear and I was like oh yeah this is when I started really getting into this book Mm -hmm. this is when things got exciting for me this was also a turning point for me in my reading (laughs) journey (laughs) right no but honestly like this was when I started really being like oh maybe I liked Hamlin you know um I think I liked him before but I also, I'm 90% sure that I knew that her and Reese were mates before I ended this book. So I just was like trying to get to that, which like, I didn't love that. Did you that look that me. up? It was I an accident, saw it, I, right? it was like an accidental okay. spoil. Um, okay. I wasn't like, are they mates? So like, I didn't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> and then I saw it and I was like, huh. And like, I don't know if we had met him yet when I read it. We might have. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Hmm. Um. But it's like one of those things where like, like when I read them, like I almost forget like that I kind of liked Tamlin, right? Right. Um, because I do this. I, this is sorry to all Reese lovers, but I also do this. Like when I read the books and I'm like, God, like I really like Reese. Then I'm like, you know, there's some shit that you do that I just don't like. Like you lied to her I for know. months about being maids. And I hate, I hate that they lie to her about, um, her pregnancy. Like, I think that's so fucked up. Yeah. Um, and I, while I don't love how Nesta told her, she deserved to know. I wrote that like several times. I book. she deserved to know. She deserved to know. And I'm like, but realistically people are like, I've seen reviews where like, this is totally out of his character. No, it's not. He did that with the mates. Any hoosies. True. Sometimes like I read, read, um, what is this one called? Rose and thorns. Thorns and roses. <laughs> Rose and thorns. Um, and I'm like, oh, Tamlin. Then I'm like, no, he's not great. Like, he needs to work on himself, yo. Like. Yeah. Yeah. You're well, a major you reason in, why you lost sexy. the girl. You fucked up. Right. Then you get to that part <clears throat> and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Then I think about Reese's purple eyes and I'm like, I'm a hazel bitch. So it's all okay. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Distant Rose, more Taylor Swift lyrics. <laughs> all my roses grew back as thorns. Windows boarded up after the storm. He built a fire just to keep me warm. Man, he Taylor can write, can write some, uh, <laughs> Tamlin and, Feyre he locked me up just fiction. so I was safe, you know? 
<laughs> Taylor. Right. Oh my god. My god. Uh yeah, the the reason Hulu hasn't picked up the show yet is because they're waiting for Taylor Swift to write the theme song. <laughs> oh my god. I would lose my shit. <laughs> Can you imagine? She's written for a bunch of like fandom movies, so hey, don't don't uh, I can't think for of the right Carolina phrase, but to come out tonight. It could happen. Anyway, friends. Wanna know where you can find us? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can find your hosts all on the gram of Insta. Myself and Meg are at the Petrus family. Tiffany, I will give her her shout out anyway, even though she didn't show up. Wow. At Tiffswish underscore flick. She's a and little Sarah busy. is <laughs> a little bit. And Sarah is, is at O'Malley, and that's with three H's. Any final thoughts before I read this little closing clip? No? No. This is a good okay. chapter. All right. It is. I like it's it more than I remembered liking it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, like whenever you're looking at it, um, looking at it like from a the perspective of like how we break these chapters down you're like wow you didn't you don't necessarily realize like how important this chapter is until yeah. we like talk about it this way you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah true that all right well thank you for listening and for your support we appreciate you so much take care and remember only you can decide what breaks you ted do you want to do okay, the intro starting. okay <laughs> Teddy, are you ready? Yeah, Ted, do it. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow. People who look at the stars and meow. Knock on wood, Phil's being good again. I know.